We know uh, the Wine Festival Parade, the Grand Parade, is this weekend. And we talked yesterday to uh, Rose Davies, who's with a group called Brock Students Against Migrant Exploitation. Uh, they are um, running what they're calling a harvest harvesting freedom campaign demonstration uh, during the parade. And we talked about why. We talked about their uh, concerns about uh, the migrant worker program and, and migrant workers uh, themselves. Um, now, obviously, there are two sides to all stories, and sometimes there are more than two sides to all stories. Sometimes there are more than that. Uh, my next guest, uh, I'm sure, has a different view of uh, what Rose had to say yesterday. Ken Forth is the president of Foreign Agricultural Resource Management Services and joins me this morning. Ken, good of you uh, to, to come on the air. How are you this morning? I'm fine, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Ken, Rose said yesterday a number of things that her particular group was concerned with in terms of the treatment of uh, foreign workers um, and uh, the numbers um, were were startling in some cases. Did you hear a lot of what Rose, or are you familiar with what her group is is protesting? I heard nothing what she said yesterday. Okay, so this... I was, I was actually in Ottawa on, on another job, so... Okay, so they were talking about concern about the treatment of, uh, of foreign migrant workers in the country, uh, their standard of living, their um, their treatment by certain employers, not all, etc., etc. Um, let's talk about what you do with the Seasonal Agricultural Workers okay. Program. By the way, that's rather new, because most of the things I've been hearing on the news, that all farmers are bad news. That's what I've been hearing. No, we've. Uh, I mean, she made it. She made it quite clear that she was not talking about all, but uh, she was talking about the worst of the worst. Okay. So you ask me the question, and I'll answer whatever you need to be. Well, answered. can we? What do you do? What I mean, just so people are well aware of what uh, what your group, what you're talking about in terms of foreign agricultural resource management services. Well, first of all, I'm a farmer. I, I farm in the Hamilton area. I have mm-hmm. eight, 18 workers from Jamaica. I've been doing this with, with the Offshore Worker Program for 46 years. We've had a great relationship with these guys for that length of time. I've got people on my farm 20 and 30 years with me. Like, we, we call each other on Christmas. We do all those kind of things. I mean, it, it, it's far from what has been reported. And it, by and large, most farms are like that. Most farms get along with their workers. I don't, I don't, these, these folks that say they're mistreated and everything, like they're pro, first of all, they're not workers, they're, 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 they're the activist groups. I, 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 I guess they don't understand HR management because I don't care if you're running a radio station, a farm, the government, whatever, if your workers are not relatively pleased with what they do, find some accomplishment in it and are rewarded for it, your productivity through the floor. They, I, I've never seen any group, and I've hired executives and students years ago. I've never seen a group that you could intimidate, abuse, and get productivity out of them. It doesn't work that way. It's like it, it's like a baseball team, it's like a football team, or whatever. If you have a, a manager on that on that team that that the players hate, mm-hmm. they're not going to play for them. Most successful sports teams are because of the management and how they're put together as teams, and that's what we do on most of our farms. That's what we do on our farm for sure, and that's what what most farmers do. So, but but, the, but as far as what farms does is all farms is is they do the logistics for this program, 
And logistics means that, first of all, the farmer has to apply through Service Canada to have his, his, um, his order approved each and every year. I've done it 46 times. After the approval comes in, then the government gets out of it then, and they don't do the logistics. So we do our, 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 our company, which is owned by all the farms in Ontario, farmers in Ontario that are on the program, mm-hmm. we connect with the ministries of labor in those particular supply countries, and they get the workers lined up, health checks, whatever they have to, security checks, whatever is, whatever is required, and they get to make that happen. And they usually, you know, like we, we put them on planes any time between the first part of January, and we're sending them all home by the end, of, by by the middle of December. Okay, so Ken. Let me ask you about a couple. All the time. Let me ask you about a couple of things that she brought up. She brought up uh, low pay and poor living conditions for a number of of migrant workers, and she brought up a couple of uh, particular cases of what what they were being paid, which was much less than they would be paid if they were if they were Canadian workers, and the living conditions on some farms, which were um, substandard. Okay. The wage thing is simply not true. There is laws in this country and this province that determine what those wages will be. The wages this year for this program are eleven twenty-five an hour. But that's not all they receive. They receive free housing, which, by the way, is, is all inspected. We have to get a certificate each and every year from the local public health unit. Okay? So, so all of our houses are inspected. The wages are as per the contract. And as per the law, plus they get free housing, plus at the, at the very most they will pay us half the airfare, so the farmer pays at least half the airfare. We pay the local transportation, like on our farm we have a bus service once a week to go to the shopping centers. All that kind of stuff is paid for. So that 11.25 transcends into a whole lot more than that if you bring in those particular costs. Okay. I mean, to be quite honest, eleven twenty-five doesn't sound like a whole heck of a lot of money when you're working that hard. But I, I get your point. Um, what about? Okay, okay I got to answer that. Here's the alternative: when these people get their way and they cancel this program, not only will the industry go away, and that doesn't really matter because we're Canadians and we can be abused by these people. When you're talking about these people, who are we talking about here? The people you're talking about, the activist groups. Okay. If they, if they, their motive is to destroy the program. Why would they, they want have, to do that? Because they tried to seize control of it over the last three decades, and they were unsuccessful. Well, hang on a second. The group I talked to yesterday was a group of Brock students who weren't around three decades ago. Okay. Well, they're, they got to be hooked into these other people that are talking about this. But when this program goes away, here's the, here's the ramifications of what happens. The farming industry and in, in horticulture becomes far less than it is today. Number two, a lot of our products, like the products that I grow, will be coming from Mexico. Now, that Mexican worker that works in Ontario making eleven twenty-five an hour plus all those other benefits will go back to Mexico. What benefits? And, he, and he, a free housing. If you if you go by Stats Canada, okay, but let me let me add, let me jump in here a second, Cam. One of the things that they pointed out yesterday is they pointed to one case at a farm here in Niagara where there were seventeen workers sharing a room and one toilet. Is well, that a, is that, that is free housing? Totally, that that is totally against the regulations, 
and that 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 place wouldn't have been inspected and we don't and we never back that kind of a situation fair enough but that's their point I, I understand your point and that's fair enough but if it does happen what's wrong with pointing out the problems with the system on the in a in a particular case mm-hmm. nothing but okay. that's not what's going on it's blacklisting the whole industry and that's what bothers us quite a bit but anyway when that mexican worker as an example, goes back to Mexico and he hasn't got this job anymore. Mm-hmm. He'll be harvesting the same crops, but he will. This is no exaggeration. He'll be paid fifty cents an hour. And what what the strength of this program is is I was with a minister of labor from a Caribbean country on Tuesday, and he said this is short term employment. They they see opportunity in it and they have a motive to come here. And the motive could be a newer house, an updated house, a little bit bigger farm, another little business. Or they could educate their children at the university level, which has happened hundreds and thousands of times. These people come here with very low education sometimes, high school maximum, but their kids have university-level education back home. And I can tell you... Well, that's not always the case, Ken. Oh, it is a lot of the case. We, we, I was at a, the 40th anniversary of the Mexican participation in this program two years ago, and they spoke of a, a worker from Niagara in a winery. He'd been here 27 years, and he spoke at that reception. And he said, my biggest enjoyment is when I walk into my living room when I'm home and I see three university degrees on the, on the wall, two from my kids and one from a grandchild. Do you not believe that that's the exception to the rule, though, Ken? No. Really? Not in Jamaica, as an example, you have to pay for high school. And in Jamaica, as a rule, if you have a lot of kids, you choose who goes. You so, choose who goes. Okay. You can't afford to send them all. These guys are sending their kids to, to, so you're, to high school. Let me, let me get clear what you're saying. You're saying that in a lot of cases, work, migrant workers coming here are going home, and they're paying for their kids getting university educations. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I, I've, got, I've got one guy here that's been with me for 30 years. And a newspaper or a, a magazine called up and says, what can we do? And I says, you just do what you want to do. And he said, can I follow some guys around? So he came here for six times over the season. He went back to Jamaica with them on the same plane. And I said, you can ask these guys anything. And he went back there and they seen his house. There's pictures of his house. It's on our website. But nobody wants to look at those things. But it's on there. And um, they, they interviewed the kids, and, the, and his daughter said, you know, unfortunately, my dad missed the birth of his first grandson. But she said, I'm the first person in our family Ken, with a university education. We've got to run. I appreciate your thoughts. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning. That's Ken Forth, who's the president of Foreign Agricultural Resource Management Services. And if you want to hear both of those interviews back-to-back, to hear what both had to say... I will replay them to tomorrow morning on uh, the Best of the Morning show tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock so you can hear what the group that was on uh, yesterday pointing out, in some cases, the opposite of what Ken had to say.